Not only is it a rivalry, but it will go down as the greatest rivalry in NBA history. I'm in my zone. Yeah. I'm in my zone. Welcome to In The Zone, brothers and sisters. I'm your host, Chris Broussard, and we are going to break it down and chop it up for the next 20 minutes or so about the hottest topics in the NBA. And this week, we've got one involving the two best teams in the league. That's right, the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Golden State Warriors. Now, LeBron James is a very intelligent man. But he left all of us baffled recently when he said the Cavaliers and the Warriors are not rivals. Thankfully, Golden State's Draymond Green kept it 100. Yeah, I think it's a rival. So, yeah. Just me, though. Look, if Cavs-Warriors isn't a rivalry, then rivalries just don't exist. The truth is that decades from now, we'll be talking about Cleveland Golden State like we currently talk about Magic Showtime Lakers versus Bird Celtics. I know it sounds blasphemous, but when it's all said and done, this rivalry will top Lakers Celtics and go down as the greatest NBA rivalry ever. Here's why. Number one. Barring any major injury or catastrophe, the Cavs and Warriors will become the first teams ever to meet in three straight NBA Finals. Not only did the Lakers and Celtics fail to do that, but it's been nearly a century since two teams in any of America's three major sports did that. We like to romanticize the past and act as if the Lakers and Celtics were meeting every single year in the finals. But in reality, Magic and Bird only met three times in the finals over 12 years. Three times, that's it. Did you hear that? And guess what? The Cavs and Warriors ain't stopping at three straight finals. On top of that, Magic and Bird each had other strong rivals besides one another. Magic's Lakers met Dr. J's Sixers three times in the finals, then played Isaiah Thomas's Pistons twice, and Bird's Celtics battled Houston twice for the title. So while the Lakers and Celtics ruled, there were other teams in the mix. Who in the East is knocking Cleveland from its perch in the near future? Who in the West can challenge Steph, KD, Clay, and Dre? I got a better chance of beating Zach Levine in the dunk contest than any of the NBA's 28 other teams have of reaching the finals. The smart money is on these two clubs meeting four, five, maybe six straight times in the finals. Now that's a rivalry for the ages. Number two. Like the Lakers and Celtics showdowns in the 80s, Cavs Warriors is star-studded. With Kobe Bryant tucked away in retirement, there's only one man alive who can challenge LeBron James as the face of the league. And last year, that was Steph Curry, who snatched away LeBron's title with a sizzling performance that had fans, legends, everybody referencing him with awe. The champ is here! Of course, LeBron snatched it right back with his historic finals performance. Half man, half amazing. All in all, there are three league MVPs between these two teams. In fact, it was six years ago that someone not playing in this rivalry last won the MVP award. These teams feature seven all-stars, all of them in their prime, and three must-see matchups. 
LeBron versus KD at small forward. Steph versus Kyrie at point guard. Draymond versus Kevin Love at power forward. These teams are so evenly matched that only four points separated them in last year's finals. Four points! <laughs> Cavs outscored the Warriors 703 to 699 over the seven games. And that's why last year's matchup was the most watched NBA Finals since Michael Jordan's farewell trip in 1998. Number three. Championship rings aren't the only thing at stake. With just three titles to this point, it's hard to imagine LeBron matching Jordan six. But all titles are not created equal. If LeBron beats these star-laden Warriors in the next two finals, I'll be ready to crown him not just the king, but the GOAT. On the other side, nothing less than a dynasty. Not one ring, not even two will suffice. Steph and Durant both gave up way too much to be just another championship team. Last season, Steph was the most popular player in the world. A two-time reigning MVP who seemed destined to go down as the greatest small player of all time. Better than Isaiah Thomas. Better than Allen Iverson. But he gave up all of that to add Durant, who's a better all-around player and whose presence has really left Steph's sparkling shooting displays fewer and farther between this season and knocked him completely out of the MVP conversation. Maybe forever. Only a fistful of rings can justify that type of loss. Racks on, racks on, racks. And of course, by joining the team that knocked him out of last year's Western Conference Finals, Durant sullied his reputation so thoroughly that one ring can't possibly erase the stain. Simply put, Durant needs rings galore to erase the sour taste that many get from seeing him in a Warriors uniform. Number four. And finally, these teams genuinely do not like each other. Today, we talk about Kevin McHale's clothesline takedown of Kurt Rambis as the epitome of the bad blood between the Lakers and Celtics. But the ether between the Warriors and the Cavs is even worse. Here's just a quick recap of the bars. Draymond Green busted a freestyle rap, if that's what you want to call it, saying the Cavs suck. We won, yeah, they suck, yeah. Steph upset the Cavs by saying he hoped the visitor's locker room in Cleveland still smelled like victory champagne. Draymond hit LeBron where the sun don't shine and called him the B-word. LeBron told me himself that's something you never call another man on the court, at least not while looking him directly in the eye. And then LeBron got his long laugh the following fall when he threw a Halloween party, had 3-1 written on the cookies, and a corpse of Steph Curry laying at the entrance to his door. <laughs> Look, because of Magic and Bird, Lakers Celtics of the 80s will always be revered like no other, and rightly so. The duo catapulted the league from near dormancy when finals games were broadcast on tape delay to national prominence. There was the racial element, the fitting glamour of the Showtime Lakers of Los Angeles, and the gritty, hard-nosed, few-frills Celtics of Boston. Not to mention the fact that Irvin and Larry began their rivalry in college. But from a sheer basketball standpoint, hoop and nothing but hoop, 
Cleveland Golden State will go down as the best we've ever seen. And if you don't know, now you know. Before we move on, I want to tell you about the Garbage Time Podcast with Katie Nolan presented by Fox Sports. It's a weekly podcast hosted by the one and only Katie Nolan. Katie tackles the world of sports and so much more. And you know she's got jokes too. On previous episodes, she's had guests like Bill Simmons, Victor Cruz, and Jeff Gordon. So make sure you check out the Garbage Time Podcast with Katie Nolan. Okay, now I'm bringing in my man DJ Johnny John, my producer. We're going to play a game called Furious Five. The Furious Five. All right, Chris, so you know that trades are starting to heat up. We're about a month away from the trade deadline here in the NBA. So I wanted to ask you, what are your five trades that you would like to see happen now? These are trades I'd like to see happen because I'm all about trying to strengthen teams that can at least get within shouting distance yeah, of Cleveland. Yeah. These, these are five that would make the league better yeah, and just exactly. more exciting. Yeah, yep, create more drama and suspense. All right, yeah. so number one, we know what's going on in New York with Carmelo Anthony. Phil Jackson's all but trying to escort him out the door. So I say, Melo, look, go elsewhere, all right? Tell him you'll go somewhere else. And I say, go to Boston, all right? Carmelo Anthony to Boston for Jay Crowder, Amir Johnson, Jonas Jerebko, and Boston's first-round pick in 2018. Not the one they got from the Nets, but their own pick. Okay. Okay? So what that does to me, if you're Boston, now I get Carmelo Anthony. I've got a big three now with Al Horford, Isaiah Thomas, and Carmelo Anthony. Okay? And I think now I can, at the very least, I should be able to make a strong run to the Eastern Conference Finals. Battle Toronto for that. If I'm New York, Amir Johnson's $12 million contract's expiring. Jonas Jerebko's $5 million contract's expiring. So that gives me $17 million of extra cap room. And then I like Jay Crowder. I think he's a guy I can keep in the future. And I get a a first-round pick in 2018. So I think that could be a deal that works out for both teams. Because New York, it's all about building around Christoph Porzingis. Got it, got it. So this is a, uh, you're going for the future for the next. For, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the present don't look that. It don't right. look that good right now. <laughs> right. It don't look that good right now. All right, all right. so my second trade, all right. I'm a little, this is a tough one, but I'll roll the dice. If I'm Washington, they're playing well lately, okay. Now they're firmly in the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. They've been winning a lot of games. Bradley, Bill, and John Wall hitting their stride. But where are you going ultimately? Okay, that's a good team. But ultimately, like, how far is that really going? You're not even in Cleveland's lead. Okay? So now I'm going to trade Bradley Beal and Otto Porter Jr. to Sacramento for DeMarcus Cousins and Aaron Aflalo. Okay. So now, okay, if I'm Washington – I'm getting DeMarcus because I know he can be a headache, all right? He's got one year deal, one year left on his deal after this. If it doesn't work out, you can just wave him goodbye, okay? But he's friends and former teammates in college, of course, with John Wall, okay? So maybe that can work. You bring him into the East where it's not quite as competitive. So those two, that duo by itself should make you pretty strong. I keep Marcin Gortat, who's a double-double guy now. I bring on Aaron Aflalo, who in a, as a role player is very good, okay? Can shoot it, can defend. So I think I've strengthened my team and, and raised our ceiling, okay? As far as Sacramento, 
Rudy Gay has told me he's leaving in the summer as a free agent. So I bring in Otto Porter Jr., who's actually starting to come into his own this year in Washington as a small forward. And, of course, I get Bradley Beal, who, if he can stay healthy, is one of the top two guards in the league. So that's why I like that deal for both teams. And if you're Sacramento, you want this star, you're in the new arena, Bradley Beal is a name. He's a good, solid guy that you can sell to the fans. I like that. I like that a lot. I like that. I like that. I think How good I, does that make Washington? You think? I think it gives them a chance. I mean, a chance to. I think to compete. I mean, maybe not this year. Maybe <laughs> not. Compete, maybe not. Well, like, because like, Boogie like in the deep East in the playoffs. Yes, yes. I Boogie mean, not in the Cleveland. East could really, really shine. Damn. Like he could really shine, and him and Wall are together. Yep. I would give that a good shot. And yeah. I think you the still thing need with pieces Boogie, around yeah, it. Yeah, but you but, you have your building blocks. But yeah, and they're not doing anything right now anyway. No, you're not. I best case that. scenario, you're not going that far. And Boogie, I look, I he's been saying all the right things about Sacramento, but I don't think he's going to. He needs a fresh start. He need they, they need to just start over. And I think he'll be a better, a good soldier in another place. Yeah, that's true. All right, I like that. What about number three? What's your third trade? Uh. This is a, a kind of a lateral move for both teams, but Rajon Rondo, we know it's not going well in Chicago, to Minnesota for Ricky Rubio. Okay. So Rondo goes to Minnesota. Tom Thibodeau was an assistant coach with the Celtics when Rondo played there with the big three. Okay, so hopefully that will work out. He can play. You know, he's got at least a defensive mindset. He's not what he used to be on the defensive end. But he, you know, can play the point guard and help groom Chris Dunn until Dunn's ready to take over at the point. And, you know, a veteran presence, a guy that's, you know, won games, been, won a title, um, played deep in the playoffs in other years. I think he'd be good for their young guys. And by all accounts, I mean, he had his one bust up with the coach in, in Chicago. But for the most part, his attitude, he's been pretty good in Chicago. Ricky Rubio, young player, can play the up-tempo style that Fred Hoiberg likes. Obviously a pass-first point guard. Can't shoot it. I know that's still a problem in Chicago. But at least he'll be willing to give it up to D-Wade, give it up to Jimmy Butler, and you go from there. All right. I think that makes a lot of sense. What about your fourth? Number four, again, trying to strengthen the Raptors. Okay, Okay. I've strengthened, I think, Washington and Boston. The Raptors, Paul Millsap from Atlanta to Toronto – for Damari Carroll and Terrence Ross. Now, here's the deal. The, the Atlanta said they're not trading Millsap right now. Okay. Millsap wants the max deal in the summer. Okay. Atlanta's hedging on whether or not they're going to give him that. Okay. So, if you're not going to give him the max, then get something, get something for him. For him. Yeah. Okay. Get Damari Carroll, who we know was in Atlanta before and played well for you. Tough, hard-nosed guy. Can shoot the three. Terrence Ross athletic player it this improves your three-point shooting if you're the hawks you lost kyle corver in the trade so it improves you on that end around a point guard in dennis Schroeder, who's a penetrate and kick guy and a post player not what he used to be but dwight howard so around those two types of players you want shooters so i think you get that in this trade if you're atlanta if you're toronto obviously you you get a, a, a big three as well, yeah. you know, um, with DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry, and now Paul Millsap. And I think that makes you strong. I don't, I don't think it beats Cleveland, but it makes you strong. Yeah, I think that that trade really lines up with what both organizations are moving towards. Yeah. So I like that. I yep. like that a lot. All right, and your last one, what do you got? Last one, this is interesting. Uh, okay. Goran Dragic, we know Miami is, they need to just rebuild, start yeah. all over. Goran Dragic to Denver. 
okay? Which is, it looks like an up-and-coming young team. Although, for Emmanuel Moutier, young point guard they drafted in the lottery last year. Jamal Murray, who's young, but Gary Neal, or Gary Harris, I'm sorry, is really playing much better than Murray at this point. All right, and then Kenneth Faree, who they've been trying to get rid of for a while now. So why do that if I'm Denver? You can't, everybody can't be young, okay? So I like Drogic. He's a veteran point guard. He's a, a guy from Europe. They have a lot of European players with, with Jokic there, Danilo Gallinari, Wilson Chandler. I think that you put Drogic in that lineup and look, you're not contending in the West, but you're. I think you're a firm playoff team now. If you get that in, and that's good enough for Denver for right now. It's been a while since they've been competitive. If I'm Miami, I get Emmanuel Moutier, who, you know, I, I want him to grow with Justice Winslow, Hassan Whiteside, Tyler Johnson, some of the other young players, and, you know, see what he can become. And Jamal Murray, obviously, another young guy. Kenneth Fareed, I, I'm bringing him along because I want to get Moutier and see yeah, what he can yeah. become. And Fareed's a tough, hard-nosed guy, too. So, you know, he might fit, you know, the Pat Riley mold yeah, of yeah, player. Yeah. So um, those are those are my five trades that I would like to see happen uh, before the trade deadline. Broussard's bet. All right, here we are with Broussard's bet. Recap for last week. You had the Warriors beating the Cavs, which you got right, Chris. But you said Steph would hit his over of 25 points, which he didn't. He only had 20 last week. But he had 11 assists. You got to give me something for that, man. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. 11 dimes. All right. All right. right. But you're still one and one for last week. So this week. (laughs) You're a tough grader. I'm very tough. I'm very tough. (laughs) This week, I'm going to let you pick which game. There's two that are on my radar, and you let me know which ones you're excited for. Friday, we have Golden State Warriors versus Houston Rockets. Or Saturday, the Spurs versus the Cavs. Those are two Those are great. Good, this is a good weekend. I'll be watching both. I'll put it yeah, that way. Yeah, but yeah. if I had to pick one, um, I'm going to go with Golden State-Houston. Because, like I said, there are only a few litmus test games for the Warriors. Because, remember, Houston beat them yeah. earlier in the season. Um, so I, I, I want to see if the Warriors get revenge. And, obviously, it's a great matchup with the Stars in Golden State versus James Harden in Houston. So uh, that, that game, definitely. All right, so here's the bet. Who will have the most combined points, rebounds, or assists? Former teammates Kevin Durant or James Harden? I'm going to go with Harden because, I mean, he's flirting with a triple-double. I mean, he averages basically a triple-double. close. So uh, I think Harden will. Durant's just not as called on to do as much, you know, as much scoring. And Steph's been a lot more aggressive lately and actually been their leading scorer over there since the new year began. So uh, I think Harden is going to put up probably 30 or more points. I'm going to say he's going to have a triple-double now. All right. I'm going to say he's going to have 30-plus points and a triple-double. So Harden's going to win that. But I think Golden State will win the game. All right. Sounds good. We'll find out. All right. Time to wrap it up and run it back. Look, if Cavs-Warriors isn't a rivalry, then rivalries just don't exist. I know it sounds blasphemous, but when it's all said and done, this rivalry will top Lakers-Celtics and go down as the greatest NBA rivalry ever. The smart money is on these two clubs meeting four, five, maybe six straight times in the finals. These teams are so evenly matched that only four points 
separated them in last year's finals. If LeBron beats these star-laden warriors in the next two finals, I'll be ready to crown him the GOAT. Game blouses. That's it for this week's show. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Give us five stars and leave a nice comment. And if you didn't already know, you can also listen to me live on my nationally syndicated radio show alongside my co-host Brian No on Fox Sports Radio every Saturday night, 8 to 11 p.m. Eastern. We'll be reacting to live games and covering all of the major stories in sports. See you next week. Peace. Yeah. I'm in my zone. Yeah. I'm in my zone.